Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you about my co-host, folks. On this, the National Cheesecake Day, there is nothing cheesy about her. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi! of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Happy Cheesecake Day. <laughs> is it oh, really sorry. Cheesecake Day? I'm sorry. Cheese Steak Day. The one thing we need to thank the wonderful city of Philadelphia for. I understand there's two restaurants that take claim for the Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Uh, there's a bit of controversy who came up with it first. But Sheila, I don't know about you. There's nothing better when a cheesesteak sandwich is properly prepared. David, stop. You know that I'm not eating meat for Lent. You have to stop. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't pick and choose a name these days. I just read them off the calendar. There you oh, go. National cheese. Glorious. It doesn't that look delicious? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it really does. I was going to say cheesecake day. I could take it or leave it. I guess this is a sort of a, a special day for Doug Ford, I suppose, <laughs> if, if that were the case. Um, and I don't recall the last time I ate any cheesecake whatsoever, but cheesesteak. Oh, I got a hankering now. Oh. And the rest of the day is going to be terrible. I think awful. if <laughs> I bet you there is a national cheesecake day, but if there oh, is sure. one in Ontario, uh, isn't it surprising that Premier Ford hasn't made that a provincial holiday? <laughs> Every day is national cheesecake day, July 30th. Oh, case you're wondering. <laughs> of uh, course um, there's a day. Yeah. Who I think chooses the, these stupid things. I don't know, Sheila. Me thinks the premier is never gonna live down that cherry cheesecake video. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, just punch in Premier Ford and Cherry Cheesecake into the Googler machine, and you will get to witness something that will never leave your brain for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just like canned stuff too. It's just like open up a oh, can, dump it on a pan. Such <laughs> junk. <laughs> Everything was just like easy dump, open dump. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Box whip topping. We're all in this together. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're all in that shirt. <laughs> just like ten people in a shirt. That's what it looks like. Oh boy! Anyways, so Sheila, before uh, who cooks in their we... kitchen, by the way, who cooks in their own kitchen wearing <laughs> rubber gloves like that? Hey, uh, listen, Sheila, be thankful he wasn't wearing a face diaper. I mean, given when that video was shot, we were talking, uh, you know, peak hysteria vis-a-vis -vis COVID. Oh yeah, so he was probably at the cottage <laughs> working on the plumbing. Yeah. I can really see Doug Ford laying under the kitchen sink, for sure, for sure. Anyway, we should get to whatever we're doing here today. <laughs> this is the Rebel News Daily Live Stream. It is just hosted uh, by myself on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I think today's Thursday, today, Thursday. Um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I host with uh, my friend David. On Monday, I host with my friend Adam. And on Wednesdays and 
Fridays, we have a rotating cast of hosts. Um, and it used to just be hosted on Friday by Ezra Levant, but then the pandemic struck. There was more news than ever, and some of the best way to ways to discuss the news as it happens is literally, quite literally, as it happens. Unscripted, um, where we can react, but also it gives you a chance, you at home, to react along with us. Um, on YouTube, we used to be able to do something called a super chat where you could send us a paid chat to support the work that we do completely willingly. But then, you know, Joe Biden got elected and <laughs> big tech didn't have to pretend anymore. So they demonetized us. But we have not abandoned the platform of YouTube altogether for a couple of different reasons. One of them is that they would sure like to see us go. So why would we? But secondarily, there are almost 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. We don't want to abandon you. But we do want to encourage you, if you are so inclined, to join us. David, turn your phone off on one of the other platforms out there that are sort of free speech minded. Uh, one of those is Getter. We're streaming there. And if you'd like to support the work that we do the way YouTube used to allow you to do, you can do that on Rumble through something called a rant odyssey through something called the hyper chat and super you through something called a shout so that's their paid chats if you send us one of those uh ms producer will send it to us and we will read it on air so if you've got a comment a question a story idea a joke um you don't like maybe you want to send david or i an insult that's fine too i don't care your money's all the same you know sheila Every time you mention President Joe Biden or Joe Biden getting elected as president, I I have this Shocking feeling. Still. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the little kid in the movie The Polar Express on the top of the train covered in snow, and I'm pinching myself. Wake up, wake up. It's just a dream. I'm having a nightmare. This isn't real. And no matter how hard I pinch myself, I think I just drew some blood right there, Sheila. I think so, David. I think the Democrats feel the same way sometimes when he's talking and they're just like, shut up. Shut up. Well, from one um, world leader nightmare to another, that would be our very own <laughs> prime minister, That's Justin. That's a hell of a segue, David. Right? Oh, well, just truth in advertising, my friend. Isn't that something how he got his arse handed to him on a silver platter uh, across the pond? Uh, before we uh, opine on it, uh, Miss Producer Olivia, do we have some video evidence of uh, what happened uh, to Justin Trudeau uh, overseas? Because uh, let's it's... set up though why he went. So yeah, because you're not going to see a lot of this on the mainstream media, right, Sheila? No, and specifically, if you try to show it, they will scream and cut um, <laughs> the other host off, as you pointed out in the morning meeting. Um, so Justin Trudeau, he was just in Europe. Um, it didn't go fantastically, but there was a lot of photo ops happening when he was just in Europe. Um, and then he came home and he decided, okay, so those photo ops went okay. Let's see what else we can wring out of Europe. And he thought that he would go speak at the European Parliament and they were having none of it. You see, um, while there is a dome that has befallen Canada where the bought and paid for mainstream media keep enforcing this narrative that Justin Trudeau is universally liked and not completely authoritarian, the rest of the world now sees him for exactly what he is because they don't get their news filtered through Justin Trudeau's bought and paid for journalists. They got their news from 
a bunch of different ways, including us on the ground from Ottawa when we were covering the convoy. And they saw exactly what Justin Trudeau did to the protesters. And there was no explaining it away. And when he went there, he thought he would be like, okay, I'll run my hands through my hair. I'll show them my socks. I'll smile. Maybe I'll do a push-up or two if things get really spicy. <laughs> they just completely destroyed him. They didn't care about his social justice jargon. They didn't care about his, um, you know, this garbage about protecting democracy, which is an Orwellian way of describing censorship and cracking down on peaceful protests. They didn't buy any of it, and they saw right through it, and they told him right to his face, which was the most beautiful part of it all. It, it was fantastic, Sheila. It's kind of like, you know, as they say down on the midway, let's not kid the kidders here. In other words, it's one thing for a carny to do some kind of grifting operation on the rubes, you know, the, the, the general populace coming into the carnival. But when you're talking with another carny, uh, come on, show me some respect. All right. Yeah. I'm in on the joke and uh, it didn't play well. And I'm just checking to see, do we have some... Well, we'll start with the lady from Germany first, uh, She's Sheila. She's great. Yeah. She's great. Check Love it her. out. Thank you. Based on Article 195, doubt that it would have been more appropriate for Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, to address this House according to Article 144, an article which was specifically designed to debate violations of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, which is clearly the case with Mr. Trudeau. Then again, a Prime Minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace for any democracy. Please spare us your presence. Thank you. Well, she... Face, right to his face. Oh. He had to sit there and take that from her. That's she... so good. It, it, she sure experienced it differently than he did. But, you know, Sheila, here's the question. How is it that we never heard a narrative like that come from the lips of Mr. O'Toole when he was still the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada? Th there it is. There's the template. Go for the jugular. Oh, that might be a little impolite. Hmm. You know, I mean, why couldn't conservative leaders attack this prime minister with his horrendous record with the exact same language that lady used. Yeah. Why do Canadians have to look to a European parliamentarian from Germany to do the job of the opposition here in Canada? Because I guess this lady is not scared of the CBC, which should tell you something about the state of the conservative party of Canada. And by the way, uh, we mentioned, folks, that you're not going to see a lot of coverage of this uh, in mainstream Canadian media. And when there is a little bit of coverage, 
Watch Justin Trudeau's defenders spring to action. I don't know why I torture myself most mornings to tune into uh, Moore in the Morning on CFRB here in uh, Toronto, the talk radio station. But they had a roundtable, and it's basically an echo chamber. Everyone's on the left. And they had um, today uh, Tamara Cherry on the panel, along with uh, Tim Hudak, who once upon a time tried to become the premier of the province of Ontario. Odd how his campaign slogan of vote for me and I'm going to fire 100,000 people didn't resonate. But um, check out this clip. It, it's going to be uh, the same audio that you just heard. But just will you see how Tamara Cherry, who used to be with CTV, um, starts to, and I've never seen this, talk over the clip and then talk over Tim Hudak. Um, it's like she's Justin Trudeau's personal pit bull. What a disgrace. Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace for any democracy. Please spare oh my God. us your presence. <laughs> Thank you. Enough. That, Enough. Is, that is manna from heaven, Bob Reed. I'll start with you. Uh, but obviously, tomorrow wants to weigh in. Manna from heaven if you hate Justin Trudeau, but what they're angry about is the trucker protest, which wasn't exactly resulting in people being jailed for the rest of their lives. Also notable, Christine Anderson has roots in the deep right in Germany, and the other guy who spoke was an MP at the uh, European community, and he's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, no surprise. You've exactly. always got to consider the, the source theater. in cases like this. And as, as delicious as a bit of political theater that it is, when I, when I, I parsed some of the comments that, that these members uh, made uh, in, in the course of, of their remarks, it seemed to be taken directly from the playbook that China was using at the height of the, of, of the Michaels crisis, where they were saying, don't lecture us about human rights, Canada. Look what you've done to your own indigenous people. It's all from the same playbook and and the uh, trampling of uh, of women and children with horses hooves as one of them said uh, from from the Ottawa protest response uh, which obviously is far 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 over the top is just icing <laughs> on the cake for these, these extremist viewpoints political. and Tamara I think I heard your eyes roll Ugh, this is this is not <laughs> a delicious bit of political theater it is a disgusting bit of political theater you're absolutely right I mean these are the Derek Sloans of of Croatia and Germany. It's it's they're spewing hate, they're spewing disinformation. And let's not forget what they were responding to. Our prime minister is there talking about the slaughtering of thousands of innocent Ukrainian people and thousands of Russian soldiers who likely didn't know what they were getting into have also died in this war. And they want to distract with this BS. Like this is this is such a load of crap. And to anybody who might be on the text board or just so gleeful over this right now like you got to rethink what freedom means what just I, don't get me started john i know we're trying to keep these segments shorter <laughs> okay well and we're out of racetrack uh, unless tim hudak you can do 30 seconds <laughs> well, well, look, it, it does remind us we're not lily white on issues, right? If we go around the world lecturing others, then we had no, to be bopped on, on the Tim. nose around how we treat indigenous people. There is a fan base for the okay, we're not talking about that. Well, These Tamara, are let me, no, there's taking me 30 seconds away. But 
he did make a mistake in mixing up the trucker convoy when he's talking about Ukraine, why he had to inject that for his own personal viewpoint. Yeah, so there you have it, Sheila. Uh, as the audio clip is being played, Tamara Cherry is exclaiming, Oh my God, enough, enough. <laughs> right. And then she goes on to say, It's disgusting political theater. Then she, Oh, this is really harsh, even for Miss Cherry. It's like uh, their version of Derek Sloan. Or I think she said Derek Sloan's plural. What a load of crap. And then when Tim Hudak has. Th- all of 30 seconds to respond, uh, she starts talking over him. Who is this twit? Does she have a crush on Prime Minister Trudeau? Or now that she's out of the mainstream media and runs some uh, crackpot consulting outfit, is she fishing for Liberal Party of uh, Canada work? You know, it's interesting to listen to somebody accuse the members of the European Parliament of the ones doing the distraction, look over here, don't look over (laughs) their business. Because there's a reason why over the course of, I think about 10 days, Justin Trudeau has decided to be in, in Europe twice now. And it's not because he has any real vested interest in what unfolds in Ukraine. Look, I come from a very Ukrainian part of the country, the most Ukrainian part of the country. So I'm keeping a very careful eye to this sort of thing. However, the person doing the art of distraction right now is Justin Trudeau, who is a world away from Ukraine, who is really not doing much of anything except issuing statements and giving talks. He's the guy committing the distraction here because he's got this disaster unfolding at home where people are imprisoned because of their opposition to the things the government is doing, which is your right, by the way, you can be opposed to the government without having to go to jail, or at least that used to be the case here in Canada. He's the guy doing the distracting. Why do the members of the European Parliament have to be useful tools for Justin Trudeau to change the channel on his disaster back home? They see right through it. And of course, they're rightly cynical of it. Yeah. And um, far from being covered uh, already, the smear campaign begins. Well, these are far right people. These are the Derek Sloans of Europe. Uh, They have no credibility. That's the media narrative. Being yep, bought and paid for, messenger. folks. Yep. It, it, buy your tax dollars. That's what makes us even more egregious uh, than anything else. It's not some private media company. It is the state broadcaster, the CBC, and the other media that is subsidized on an annual basement, uh, on an annual basis, rather, to hundreds of millions of dollars. I think, what was the last one we saw, Sheila? 600 million plus. And there's some kind of top-up fees for the uh, yeah. the print media, the, the, the newspapers and magazines. And wow, yeah. I, I think you, that was your piece, wasn't it? You were looking at all the magazines. All the magazines. <laughs> like, I think Chickadee even got some money. Like it yeah. was just everybody. It was the constant CBCification of the entire rest of the media that wasn't CBC. They looked at it and said, how do we get them to do for us what CBC does? Well, obviously money. Let's just throw some money at them. We don't have to nationalize and we'll just subsidize them to death. And you know what the most horrible thing about that was, Sheila, was the fact that there were even trade public publications, trucker oh, sure. magazines, trucker magazines that didn't support 
the Freedom Convoy, but rather condemned it. I wonder, is that because they're getting um, Liberal Party of Canada checks in the mail to keep their uh, periodicals sustainable? I wonder, could that be the reason? David, I have a cheeky smile right now because <laughs> remember when I told you once somebody comes out and vocally opposes people who are opponents of Justin Trudeau, check the lobbyist registry. That should be your first thing. Um, last week, I forget what it, who it was. Oh, it was the Auto Parts Manufacturing yes. Association. That guy was everywhere. He would not shut up about how mad he was about the convoy and how fake the truckers were with relation to the convoy and the blockade at Windsor, blah, 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 blah. First instinct, check the lobbyist registry. Guess what? That organization got a big pile of money from the feds for a very particular initiative to do this like made in Canada, developed in Canada, zero emissions car. <laughs> and so it was like the perfect liberal handout to this lobby group that, in now after they got that big handout, they were running all kinds of interference in the media for Justin Trudeau about how fake the truckers convoy was. And they weren't actually real truckers, of course. Unbelievable. But said. I'll tell you, Sheila, based on what happened, uh, yes, Flavio Volpe, I, I heard him uh, whining incessantly when I was in Windsor uh, covering the Ambassador Bridge uh, blockade because, of course, um, uh, he was on board with the others that were linking this to a form of economic terrorism. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile— well, he'll be fine. He's getting handouts from the Fed. He'll be yeah. fine. No economic terrorism <laughs> for that guy. <laughs> yeah, which is a sin, but terrorism classic, i.e., killing our allies and partially blinding them, uh, that gets you a $10.5 million subsidy too, doesn't it, little Omar Cotter, our homegrown Al-Qaeda terrorist? So, um, but the point I was leading up to, Sheila, I now support Justin Trudeau going abroad as often as possible because yep. at least we'll see legitimate criticism. And although the mainstream media here will not cover it or barely cover it and will be apologists for Trudeau and will condemn uh, the people criticizing him, as you said, shooting the messenger, at least we'll get to see uh, his uh, response online or the reaction now, to him online. Let's keep going with this because it wasn't just this one sassy MP right. or MEP, I guess. Uh, it was the theme, I think, of the uh, European Parliament that they were just not going to allow themselves to be used by Justin Trudeau to change the channel on his disaster that is unfolding back home. And so... Other members of the European Parliament, I guess they have a real alt-right neo-Nazi problem in the European <laughs> Parliament, according to that wingnut on more in the morning. Um, why don't we roll uh, another clip? That's right. Postovane kolege, dragi građani, premijeru Trudeau. Sloboda, pravo izbora, pravo na život i zdravlje. Pravo na rad za mnoge od nas to su temeljna ljudska prava za koje su milioni građana Europe i svijeta položili svoje živote. Za obranu naših prava i prava naše djece, 
koje smo stjecali stoljećima. Mnogi od nas, uključujući i mene, spremni smo riskirati vlastitu slobodu i položiti vlastite živote. Nažalost, danas su među nama i oni koji gaze te temeljne vrijednosti. Kanada, nekada simbol modernog svijeta, je pod vodstvom vaše kvazi liberalne čizme proteklih mjeseci postala simbol kršenja temeljnih ljudskih prava i građanskih sloboda. Gledali smo kako konjima gaze žene, kako samohranim roditeljima blokirate bankovne račune da ne mogu platiti djeci školovanje, da ne mogu platiti lijekove, da ne mogu platiti račune za struju i vodu, da ne mogu platiti rate kredita za svoje domove. Za vas su to možda liberalne metode. Međutim, za mnoge građane svijeta to je diktatura najgore vrste. Budite uvjereni da građani svijeta, udruženi, mogu zaustaviti svaki režim koji želi uništiti slobodu građana bilo bombama, bilo štetnim farmaceutskim proizvodima. Hvala. Oh, Sheila, I go back to what I said at the beginning that, you know, Erin O'Toole, if you're tuning in and you're in the back benches and you're going, I coulda, woulda, shoulda been the prime minister. That's how it's done. That's how, what you should have said as the official opposition leader instead of doing that bizarre balancing act. Well, on the one hand, but on the other hand, and uh, yeah. uh, you can't pin them down on anything. That word for word was a thing of beauty, Sheila. Yeah, and it's it's uh, interesting to see or hear, sorry, the panelists on More in the Morning write that guy off because he's a vaccine skeptic. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What did he say? that was incorrect what did he say that you would or could take disagreement with having seen the things that we have seen the answer is nothing um and you know going back to the more in the morning panel there they sort of downplay the fact yeah. that a lady was literally trampled by a horse. Yep. She ended up in the hospital with a broken collarbone or broken shoulder. Alexa Lavoie interviewed her. Um, but for, you know, if you got all your news from the mainstream media, and apparently that lady did on the More in the Morning panel, um, you would think it was just a nothing burger because they never bothered to try to track down that lady or the other guy that was trampled. Um, they just, when the Ottawa police chief said, oh, yeah, they threw a bike at a horse. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure uh, I saw the horses run over someone on a mobility scooter and uh, a walker. Um, you know, and to say the horse, Pray for the horses. The horses were hurt. Um, it's just bizarre. But that guy obviously does not get all of his news from the CBC because he spoke the truth. And they can try to write off the messenger all they want. But what did he say that was untrue? What did he say that you can argue with? A hundred percent. And Sheila, um, let's I'm going to pose a hypothetical question to you. Had that been a Black Lives Matter demonstration and 
a elderly lady was trampled by a horse. Is that still maybe on the front page today? Is there maybe uh, a royal commission going on? Of course, it would never happen because the officers would be bending the knee along with everybody yeah. else. Even the horses, uh, suddenly they'd, turn in fr they'd transform from police horses into dressage horses. They'd be bending the knee oh, too, yeah. I'm sure. Otherwise, the horses would be condemned as racist. But again, what do you think would happen if we switch the politics of the protest to the far left Black Lives Matter, a Marxist group, someone there gets hit by a horse, uh, what's the reaction, Sheila? You know, as I said before, whenever I hear somebody defending Justin Trudeau's complete idiotic actions, like things that are just indefensible, but people are bizarrely defending it anyway, I check the lobbyist registry. <laughs> I check the government grants pages, and usually I can match those two up. I can see the lobbying meeting, and then I can see the grant. One flows from the other. But then I also play a little bit of, what if Stephen Harper did it? You know, I like to say, okay, this thing that Justin Trudeau is doing right now, imagine if Stephen Harper did it. Stephen Harper would have to pack up his family and move in with that Croatian politician. We would never hear from him again. He would not be welcome in public life in Canada whatsoever if he had done to peaceful protesters what Justin Trudeau did to peaceful protesters, what he was captured on video doing to peaceful protesters. If a conservative politician had done it, not only would they be canceled, generations of their children would be canceled as well. Oh, and folks, if you think Sheila is exaggerating, I know she's not. We go back some 18 years or so. And what was the front page scandal of the day? Bev Oda charging a $16 glass of orange juice to the tax. $16. Uh, Sheila, today, $1.6 is a mere rounding error with the way this government is spending money. And uh, th that cost uh, Bev Oda her career, basically. So, yeah, very selective in the outrage, uh, aren't they, Sheila? You know, it's really funny how quickly the liberals have flipped the script here. So I think it was eight years ago for Bev Oda, not 18, unless I've drastically aged, which sometimes I do feel <laughs> that that is the case. Um, but um, remember Stephen Harper, the, the liberal attack ad on Stephen Harper, I think it was 2005, because he was elected in 2006 or 2004, he, the attack ad was. It was the soldiers in the streets with guns. <laughs> Stephen Harper's Canada. And it was like, never happened. I'm still looking for Stephen Harper's hidden agenda. It was so hidden so deep. Even I couldn't find it. Um, and I'm sad because I feel like his hidden agenda would have actually done something good for this country. But it's funny because the liberals are the guys with the paramilitary out in the street cracking down on peaceful Canadians and incarcerating them. Even the liberals in their wildest Fever dreams never imagined that Stephen Harper would incarcerate his political enemies, but that's what the liberals are doing. Well, you know, Sheila, the last time I saw soldiers in the streets here in the greater Toronto area, I believe it was the winter of 1998, but they were shoveling snow. Oh, here it is. <laughs> you know, they called he wants them to the increase army. the military presence, Canadian cities. This is, this is the worst <laughs> attack I'd ever. You know, the audio is good. Let's roll roll the, with the audio, please. Dial it <laughs> We did not make this up. <laughs> but you did. Choose your Canada. Can 
you roll from the beginning? Yeah. Please? He's like, soldiers. Let's have an encore. Streets. Guns. <laughs> Stephen Harper actually announced he wants to increase military presence in our cities. Canadian cities. Soldiers with guns. In our cities. In Canada. We did not make this up. <laughs> and I love that image of Stephen Harper, kind of like the eye of Sauron looking. Yeah, just scowling <laughs> in the background like that big brother. It's always watching you. Stephen Harper just nerdy, but scowling in the background like a judgy nerd. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, I don't know. Are we still on the agenda of uh, on the quarter reading uh, emails, well, Sheila? Sure. But or let's do one more. Do we have one more sure. clip? From the European Parliament. I think we might even have two more, but I think we have one more, right? Okay. Another German politician, evidently, sure. Sheila. Okay, take it away. I'm moving to Germany. President, <laughs> honorable members, we keep discussing here our European democratic values that underpin all of our actions. I worked in Syria and Pakistan for many years as a diplomat, and therefore value democracy very highly. Now, the invitation to Canadian PM Justin Trudeau is an invitation to someone who's been trampling on democratic rights, who's been uh, cracking down on people who protested against disproportionate corona measures. People's who were supporting a non-sanctioned movement coming under criticism. So clearly the values of uh, democracy being uh, despised uh, by this individual. Let us not give someone like this any speaking time in this house of democracy. <laughs> you know, obviously another far-right white supremacist, according oh, to yeah. the crazy lady on War in the Morning, he stands up and says, first of all, I've been a diplomat in Syria and Pakistan. Obviously, the jobs given to the most notable white supremacist you can find. Mm. Sure, lady. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, uh, that will never get old. And, uh, geez, I, I, you know, I wonder, you know, we do know Trudeau, Sheila, has such a fragile ego. What must it have been like for him as he's listening to this, getting slammed one after another? Because he's not used to this, uh, not by his colleagues in the House, not by the mainstream media trained SEALs. Um, I imagine he must have been having somewhat of a personal meltdown, or is he so sociopathic that it just slides off his Teflon exterior? I'm sure he was furiously texting Gerald Butts about how to get a team of horses over there to just trample a couple of those pesky European parliamentarians and how best he could snatch their bank accounts. I'm sure Gerald Butts is trying to explain to him that you actually don't have the power to do that. And you probably didn't have the power to do it in the first place, but you did it anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm sure his he I'm sure it was a hard afternoon for Gerald Butts yesterday talking his bestie out of a tree. And, you know, and uh, I wouldn't put it past this cat, Sheila, 
to say as the discussion goes on in terms of Bill C-11, the internet censorship bill, you see, folks, this is why we need censorship. It's the hate speech. Look at those awful, <laughs> hateful things they hate those people were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Canadians can't handle that, right? Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he cherry-picks this as another example of um, how we need this to prevent people, including the prime minister, a public figure, from uh, being subjected to hurt feelings. Well, and that's the thing, too. I can see him using this uh, to uh, strengthen up who can actually run for parliamentary positions in Canada, because <laughs> he'll say, look at the European Parliament. That's supposed to be the most progressive thing on the face of the earth. And even they have radical white supremacists getting elected to their House of Parliament, we have to do something to stop that from happening here in Canada. Good point, Sheila. Good point. And speaking of good points, our viewers always make wonderful good points. See that segue, uh, Sheila? Uh, do we have any super chats that have come in? now? That okay, we're... but if these people say something crazy, it's on you. Because <laughs> you, you just said that. That would be my audience. <laughs> yeah. Fans is fans. Speaking of which, we've had one missing from the stream for uh, and for the last little bit. Annalisa, if you're out there, let me know you're alive. Yeah. Um, we've got one from GGFD. I'm going to squint my way through this. My glasses are way over there. Uh, please send official PDF of UCP voting ballot to my email address. Uh, yeah, the UCP have moved their voting for uh, the leadership review. So basically they're voting to see if there's going to be a leadership election. Um, so Jason Kenney has to get 50% plus one to not have to go to uh, a leadership challenge. So, you know, to have Brian Jean ostensibly come in and challenge him for the leadership. And that is happening, I think, on the 8th and 9th in Red Deer. And it was used to just be in person. You had to be in person to vote. But now we've gone completely online. And the reason the UCP said they're going online is actually pretty reasonable, but I'm not sure I believe it. Mm. So the reason they say is because there has been this overwhelming surge of conservatives who are buying memberships to be able to have their say in, in the AGM that's coming up. Perfect. Makes sense. People are politically engaged. Love it. Um, and, but the venue only holds like a third of that, or sorry, the, there are more members wanting to attend like seven times more than the venue holds. So there's then okay, why'd so they book that venue? They always book that venue. It's the <laughs> middle. It's literally, it's the middle of the province. They always just book this hotel. It's convenient. It's like the UCP hotel in Red Deer. Um, but they say they have more people who want to attend than they can. And so they don't want to disenfranchise them. Okay. I believe that. <laughs> but uh, the reason so many people are wanting to get involved in why there's this surge in membership all of a sudden is because people want to get rid of Jason Kenney. Uh -huh. And so it sure is easy to do. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but online voting is a lot more easily tampered with than in-person actual physical ballots. And the 
last leadership election for the leadership of the party that is still plagued with leadership irregularities. I think they had to call in the cops to deal with that. So wow. uh, you would think that they would have learned something and said, you know what? No, here's what we're going to do. We're going to expand the voting over a week. We're going to do physical voting in Fort McMurray and Edmonton and Grand Prairie and Lloyd and Red Deer and Medicine Hat in Calgary or whatever. Spread it out. Make it physical so that there's physical scrutineers there, whatever. Do it over the course of a week. You can see people obviously want to get involved in this. People are passionate about this. They're spending their money to have their say. Let them. And let's make sure that this is not plagued with the same problems the last one was. And I'm not even saying that the last one's actually even happened. But you do want to avoid the perception of it, you would think. Well, let's just hope that one of the scrutineers, Sheila, won't be sneaky Patrick Brown. <laughs> but by the way, I want to get some clarity. Is it an online ballot or is it mail-in? Because we were showing an image of a CBC story and it said mail-in. So I'm wondering, is there actually a hard copy paper ballot that they have to mail in? Or is it being all done online? Because you're right. I mean, um, the technophobe that I am, uh, I feel that if you have a smart enough nerd or geek, uh, there's all kinds of shenanigans far beyond my understanding, Sheila, that you can do. I just don't trust uh, the online universe when it comes to something so important as that. So do we have clarity on what exactly? Yes. Yes. So that's my mistake. I said they moved it online, mm. but they've moved it to a mail-in ballot. Okay. Okay. And so I, I just pulled up the UCP SGM, so special general meeting, and I, I should have been more clear. And I should have known this because I wrote it up for our website. So um, they've the special general meeting on April 9th will go ahead now as a virtual format where all members are able to participate at no cost, which means the people who plan travel for uh, the 9th, the 8th and 9th, and booked a hotel, I guess they have to figure out how to get a refund now. <laughs> um, but voting will take place by mail-in ballot only. Again, why didn't they just go to physical voting locations with scrutineers in mm. places all across the province um, just to avoid... A, a, Mail-in is better than online, for sure, but to avoid the perception of things occurring that may or may not have occurred last time, this should have been done physically. I think this is just really poorly handled. I, their reasons are good for doing this. They say they want to allow everybody a chance to participate in, and if they did in-person voting at the event, you couldn't let all these other people be involved. Perfect. Don't disenfranchise people. But there's a different way to have done this, which would have avoided all the controversy now swirling around this. So, Sheila, you know who's who in Alberta, certainly. Can I ask for a prediction here? What's going to happen on April 9th vis-a-vis a leadership challenge? Where? How would you bet on this? I don't know. It's going to be close. Uh, it's a low bar. It's a much lower bar than it has been in the past to to. Sorry. It's a lower bar to protect Jason Kenney. Mm. I think when Ralph Klein, he went to a leadership review um, at his last AGM, and I think he got about 70% of the support of the membership, and he said that's enough, and he stepped down. Or Sorry, he said, like, that's not enough. Like, it's not enough for him to maintain the confidence of the party. And he stepped down, being the most, I would suggest, the most successful um, leader of the party ever. 
and the most successful premier of Alberta ever, he stepped down at about 70%, I think. I'm not quite sure the exact number, but I, I want to say it was in the 70s. No. But for Jason Kenney to hang on to power, he just needs 50% plus one. Gotcha. And I'm very surprised, by the way, that Premier Klein scored that low um, because I have uh, tremendous admiration uh, for that individual. I, I, who, How can you explain the inner politics of the party at the time? Uh, some 20 odd years ago, but uh, th that is an amazing anecdote. Okay, sorry, I, I just want to clarify. So the previous, he had won previous leadership reviews at about 75%. His last one hit 55% and he said, I got to go. That's enough. It, it, it's not enough for me to maintain the support of the party. But Jason Kenney now has made that bar even lower yeah. Um, for himself. So 50% plus one, which is, uh, I mean, that speaks to a highly divided party. And I don't know how you lead a party like that where half of them want you gone. And and here's the thing, Sheila, I predict if Jason uh, uh, Kenny gets the bare minimum of 50% plus one, he ain't stepping down. He's no. <laughs> He's got the uh, Mongolian death grip on that leadership uh, chair. Yeah. And I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, Justin Trudeau may have sort of secured uh, Kenny's plans for the future. Mm. Um, he really wants, I think, if I'm reading in his mind, I think he wants to go back to Ottawa, lead the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, and with Justin Trudeau sealing that deal with the NDP to hang on to power for three more years, um, that gives Jason Kenney time to turn around uh, Alberta and his reputation here in Alberta to get back going that direction. Uh, of course, it depends on what happens with that leadership election there, but um, we'll see. Uh, the economy is turning around and really as Albertans, unfortunately, uh, we, I, I, and I think in politics, generally speaking, people have short memories, so they're they'll forget how their freedoms were stomped all over if you just have a robust rolling economy. And yeah. while war is bad for the rest of the world, it's the price of oil skyrocketing is really good for Albertans' bottom line. Okay, that was oh, Annalisa's back. Sorry, I, I, uh. <laughs> I was going to call in a welfare check, but she's got, <laughs> she's got a comment here. Hi, Annalisa, 1964, 10 bucks. Good morning, my faves. Sweet Menzies, you're looking very <laughs> scrumptious today. I really got to get out to Alberta more often. <laughs> that seems like my kind of territory. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, thank you're exotic. You. You're exotic as far as Albertans go. You look different than we do. You talk a little different. You like different things. You drive that ridiculous car. So it's like, you know, someone coming with like a very exotic accent that shows up and all the ladies are like, "Ooh, what's with him? But he's not exactly all that great. He's just different than everybody around you. I think that's your appeal here. And I think you could go with it. Well, it sure didn't happen with the ladies back in 85, 86 when I spent two years there, Sheila. So maybe I'm uh, better viewed by the Albertans uh, from uh, 2,000 kilometers away via the Internet. But Annalisa, that is so kind of you. By the way, speaking of ladies and, for that matter, fake ladies, um, why don't we talk about this story? Uh, it's truly a nutty professor. Her name, she's from Purdue University. Uh, professor 
cookie. And I'm not making this up, folks. Uh, she has likened, <laughs> <laughs> you know, spelt with a C as opposed to a K, but she has likened uh, Liar Thomas to be the 2022 version of Jackie Robinson. That was, the, of course, the baseball player who broke the color uh, barrier. You know what, Sheila? I read that story and I say, my God, uh, lady, are you ever a traitor to your sex? Well, I'm not, I, I don't know. I hate using the word traitor to your sex because I get that a lot where I'm like, I'm not uh, one of your third or fourth wave feminists. I don't know what wave we're on. And they're like, you're a traitor to your sex. You vote conservative. You're a traitor to your sex. Yeah, I vote conservative because my women's issues are uh, personal responsibility, freedom, low taxes, and generally leaving me alone. So yeah, I, I vote conservative. Um, but but um, it, it's... It's crazy to see people uh, attribute some sort of virtue to this liar and grifter. Yeah. Um, because really, what's happening here is a theft of a woman's spot by someone who's not yep. even trying to pretend to be a woman. Um, that's what's they're attributing this uh, virtue and and like it's groundbreaking. And it's like this is a thing that is old as time. Yeah. This is just plain old theft this yep. is a mediocre guy stealing a position and accolades from a woman who earned them and he knows that he doesn't even have to pretend like those interviews where a, an actual biological female is interviewing him it's pretty stark where it's like um you uh, that's that is what a biological female looks like yep. and you are a guy in a one piece and you are not even pretending you're not even making any efforts to pretend like this holy smokes you, like this could be the interview done at the end of the men's race too right oh 100% but Sheila I'm sticking to my guns on that uh, cookie professor whose actual name is cookie um, it's shocking, but being a traitor on the nose <laughs> no, she is a traitor to her sex because unlike a fourth wave feminist calling you that because you lean conservative, uh, that's a false accusation. I'm sorry, when you are backing a man, a biological man over sure. females, then, yeah, you are literally a traitor to your sex because this dude is not part of the club. And because of some wokeism, some uh, social justice weirdo flag signaling, you think that this is equivalent to the great Jackie Robinson, who was segregated from playing in the major leagues because of his skin color? You think that's the same? You are an idiot. You shouldn't be teaching anybody in a university. Um, and so I, I, that, that's where I'm going with this, Sheila. But another thing I want to uh, get to is how quickly the world has changed, because we're going to show a video here, folks. Back in 2017, maybe some of you remember this, um, and if you've seen it, you probably can't get it out of your head. But in 2017, we thought it would be uh, a goofy caper because the NBA— Just like Jackie Robinson, David, you're just like Jackie Robinson. That was the analogy I made. <laughs> I went to try out as a member 
to, to get, uh, you know, to become part of the Toronto Rapper, Raptors cheerleading squad. I went down to the then Air Canada Centre. I was greeted by the sight of 300 of the most beautiful and physically fit women <laughs> who saw this, I don't know, They're Herman Munster in a miniskirt <laughs> coming in. And that was the, that was the theme. You know, um, I'm going to break the trans barrier like Jackie Robinson. Now, in 2017, this was a goof, folks. This was a parody. This was satire. Now it's become a progressive ideal. Let's roll that video and you'll just see how much this crazy world has changed. This year, the National Basketball Association <laughs> stripped Charlotte of the NBA All-Star Game. The reason for this, folks, was the NBA was upset with North Carolina's so-called bathroom bill. You know, the bill that requires oh people of the appropriate gender to use the appropriate bathroom. Well, if the NBA is all about trans-friendly rights, Let's put that to the test. I'm here at the Air Canada Centre where the Toronto Raptors are having tryouts for cheerleaders in my persona as Lady Menzoid. I'm going to see if I can crack the team. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, it was a long winter, okay? Oh, I wish you had white cowboy boots. <laughs> What a workout. <laughs> well, on the one hand, folks, kudos to the Toronto Raptors for letting me, the lovable lady menzoid, have a tryout with the real woman. But you know something? Since I didn't get a gig with the squad, I can't think of what a missed opportunity there was here for the Raptors and the NBA. I mean, after all, I could have been the first trans cheerleader in all of pro sports. I mean, just think about it. It would be like when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1945. For that lack of diversity and that non-inclusion, I'm afraid the NBA and the Toronto Raptors, when it comes to trans acceptance, gets two thumbs down and one other appendage. Uh, for the Rebel Dot Media, I'm Lady Menzoid. Please. I was not overseeing editorial at that time because that, you know how many dick jokes I have to edit out of David's video? It's a lot. And I would never have let that one sneak in. But Sheila, yeah. and, and by the way, if anyone was eating while watching that, I profoundly apologize. Oh, Please send me your dry cleaning bill uh, to our head office. But Sheila, this is the thing. This back at five years ago, the progressive lefts, you know, our haters, oh, look at Rebel being transphobic. Look at the hate for the trans community. And here we are in 2022, where the progressive left is saying, oh, no, this is good. Biological men um, 
kicking the asses of female athletes. This is progressive. This is a human rights issue. This is a Jackie Robinson story for 2022. Sheila, how did the world go so insane in just a matter of five years? Oh, Sheila's frozen, or maybe she's uh, had some kind of uh, catatonic reaction to the uh, imagery. I'm back. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I'm back. Even my computer couldn't handle what it saw. Um, it's not only that um, this is. Oh. Well, I, you know, I, I can't blame Sheila or even the technology folks. That was a harsh image to look at. Um, and by the way, that was not a costume of my choosing. One of the requirements to try out as a uh, Raptors cheerleader is that you had to show, unfortunately, your midriff. So uh, that explains <laughs> all that you know what, though, grotesque David? blubber you were looking at. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, okay. if they made a like if they were judging the applicants on their legs you would still be on that team but you know what Sheila thank you for making my point and the reason is as a biological male of course I have more muscle mass you know on my legs and elsewhere that's why with every sport with the exception of auto racing and equestrian there is a male division and a female division. Has anyone ever thought about that? What the reason is? It's not discrimination. It's based on biology. Oh, and what's that line we've been saying for two years now? Follow the science. And the scientific fact, I'm sorry to say, is that males are stronger. They have uh, a larger cardio uh, capacity, et cetera, et cetera. It'd be like a male whining and complaining about why can't I give birth? It's not fair. I want to conceive a child just like a biological woman can. And on one other point on this, Sheila, do you notice with all these trans stories in terms of the grifting going on, it's always a male transitioning into a female. I'm waiting for the first female to transition to male and go into an elite sport and kick ass. But you will never, ever see that again. I wonder why you think biology and science has something to do with that too, Sheila? Oh, she's frozen again. Well, anyways, and I got to tell you, folks, um, uh, you know, the reaction I got from the real uh, cheerleaders and wannabe cheerleaders uh, was you know, looks of bewilderment, uh, except for one who came up to me and she said, you know what? I just want to say, I really, really support what you're doing here. And I'm thinking, what? Uh, eliminate a biological female from this role? <laughs> so there was a tiny bit of wokeism in the room, but nothing like we see in 2022. And one other thing, Sheila, I want to say to you, I was saying to the real lady Menzoid, you know what I would have loved to have seen in these NCAA uh, female swimming races is that they all line up the starter gun goes and all the real female swimmers they turn and walk back to the dressing room and this guy is the only swimmer in the pool think of how powerful a message that would send and i'll tell you why you aren't seeing that because these ladies know that the woke mob 
on campus would come after them. They'd be doxxed. They'd be accused of transphobia. But I'm still saying, regardless of what the lunatic fringe has to say about you, stand up to your, you know, stand up for your rights and refuse to compete in a unlevel playing field. You know, I think this goes to a, even a bigger problem with society that, you know, like if nowadays, if you were walking down the street dressed like that and people didn't really know who you were, they would say, oh, look at how beautiful he is. <laughs> look at what he's doing is beautiful. And you see this all the time with uh, the whole like a fat acceptance movement. Yes. And look, you don't have to be a size zero or a size two to be healthy and strong. I don't ascribe to that at all. But there is a point at which that you have crossed the Rubicon and now you're dying. Like you are dying of diabetes and 100%. heart disease. And that's not beautiful. And it's not kind to... Oh, my goodness. Well, folks, I'm sorry again. Uh, I think uh, Sheila's daughter might be uh, playing video games. That's what usually causes the Internet to crash. But the timing is perfect. It's one on the nose, uh, Eastern Standard sorry. Time. Oh, are you back, Sheila? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know. Bill Gates is out to get me with this <laughs> connection here. Um, but I was just saying it's it's unkind to tell people that that is health. You're actually damning them to an early grave, right? Yep. But now we've got it's it, it really is an attack on personal responsibility, self-reliance, yep. taking care of yourself because um, and I threw it in the uh, Slack chat last. Sorry, I'm banging the desk because I'm mad at Bill Gates and the Skype connection. <laughs> um, I threw it in the Slack uh, chat either last night or this morning about all of a sudden now, if you care about personal fitness and taking care of yourself during the times when your gym has been forcibly closed by the government, if you care about those sorts of things, well, you just might be a Nazi. So at some point in the last... I guess uh, we have another glitch. Uh, well, folks, uh, I apologize for uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed's internet connection. But we do have 10 chats that I will read for you. And uh, as Sheila fades in and out, it's, it's kind of like we're trying to beam you up to the enterprise, Sheila. <laughs> Not all of your molecules are getting assembled in time. No, I don't feel like. Okay, that well, uh, I will uh, attempt to read those chats as soon as they're uh, supplied to me. And here we go. Welcome to Toronto Media, you all. That's from Georgie Georgie, who sends in $1. Thank you very much, Georgie. And I think it's beyond uh, Toronto Media. Tamara Cherry used to be with Toronto CTV, but she now lives in Saskatchewan, uh, unfortunately infecting that great Western province. And do we have some more? Yes. And Mark writes, I have to praying for Pastor Archer every day. Can he get out on Friday? Uh, and that's $1. Um, don't bet the house on that. In fact, don't even yeah. bet a dollar on that, And Mark. They'll think of another reason to keep him incarcerated. He's a threat to society, at least according to Alberta Health Services. And we have uh, from Fraser via Odyssey, $10. Thank you. 
Truckers from around the world, mildly successful in ending the mandates, but they failed in ending the emergency laws. They should all go home for two weeks, then call a worldwide strike and take every truck off the roads until governments end the emergency laws forever. I'll tell you something, Fraser. I think that's logistically impossible, but I like your idea, but I would localize it. I would like to see all truckers refuse to deliver or pick up anything from the city of Ottawa. Imagine that. You, you don't like us? Uh, you think we're, um, you know, economic terrorists? Fine. We will avoid our nation's capital forever. And when the shelves start to go empty at the local Sobeys or Starbucks or what have you, then maybe you'll have a greater appreciation of truckers. As Tucker Carlson famously said, if you are alive, thank a trucker. Truckers brought the groceries to the supermarket. Truckers brought the medicine to the pharmacies. So they are not the bad guys. They're keeping you alive, literally. And V here, 403, $10. Thank you very much. Just a rant to help with Rebels' great coverage of things. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. AMT60, $1. Do you know if the censorship bills will stop Canadians from going to Rebel or Rumble website? I follow lots of channels on Rumble. Some Canadian and U.S., my fave Rebel Live, uh, are Tuesday and Thursday and when Ezra is on. Well, thank you. That's very high praise because uh, no one does it better than Ezra Levent. Uh, you know what? The devil will be in the details, as the saying goes. But make no mistake, my personal feeling is that the impetus for this bill is us, Rebel News. Justin Trudeau used the carrot with uh, virtually all of the media i.e. bribery, uh, to play nice. We didn't take the carrot, nor would we take it if it was ever offered. Now comes the stick. Now comes the, you know, disciplining the, um, you know, the, the, the bad people out there in the eyes of the prime minister. So, but we will fight it. You know we will. Okay, Annalisa, 1964, $10. Thank you, Annalisa. I'm still around, but unfortunately, work gets in the way during my rebel time. Anyway, love you both. Well, we love you too, Annalisa. Thank you so much. Canadian Mom, 1997, $5. Are you guys aware that they are going to put mRNA into fruits and veggies? Look up Karen Kingston on Getter. And here is the link. You know what, Canadian mom? I'm going to send that over to our resident expert. That would be Tamara Ugolini. She is so clued in to everything uh, vaccine and virus related. And uh, she's the one to be put on that file. So thank you for that. And just to, further to that, I wrote something up yesterday. I, You know how I poke around the government <laughs> uh, grants and procurements website, the procurements website where they put out a tender and they're looking for an MNRA expert. And I'm like, it's a little late in the game <laughs> to be looking for an MNRA expert, you know, a year since you made these things uh, mandatory for people. Maybe um, this guy is the guy you should have talked to uh, beforehand. And also we know what this expert will say because they canceled the guy who is sort of the father of MNRA. They canceled him because mm. he said that this is, you know, how we're using it now is not really how it was intended to be used. And maybe we should slow down and rethink this. They're like, no, get off the internet. 
nobody can hear from you. So we know what kind of expert they're looking for here. Well, you know, Sheila, if you think we're out of the woods, uh, I will bet against that. Uh, even on the way in today, I heard some expert going on about, and he, this is what he actually said. And Omicron variant variant. Right? So oh, yeah. variant. Deltacron is out there now. So be careful. It's lurking. I saw that the other day. They're like, I'm like Deltacron. Yep. Did you run out of names or reasons to scare me? Or is it a bit of both? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Or are virologists fans of uh, Transformers? You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, when is the Optimus Prime variant coming out? Yeah. I want to know. So I... If it happens, if there's another outbreak, the economy is shut down, the lockdowns happen again, the masks are mandated, et cetera, et cetera, I will be shocked, but I will not be surprised, my friend. No, no. Okay. And joyful from the heart, $1, thank you. Hi, Sheila and David. Is Arthur Pawlowski still in solitary confinement? If there is a way to write letters to him, if he gets swarmed with the letters, it would send a message to the, I guess that's dictators. Sheila, what is the story on his kind of incarceration right now? So um, because there's a publication ban, I can't tell you too much of oh, what yeah. I heard in court yesterday. However, what I can tell you is at least. Oh, wow. What a cliffhanger. Uh, if Sheila comes back into the here and now, uh, we'll have her finish that sentence. And are there any more chats, guys? Yes, there is. David Bird, $14, $50. Holy smokes. Thank you, David. When the dust clears, it would be something if Pastor Arthur Pawlowski becomes the next Alberta premier, like Joseph from prison to second in command in Egypt. Wow. What do you think about that, Sheila? Uh, that's pretty interesting. Sorry, uh, it sounds like Bill Gates was trying to enforce the publication ban on me. Either that or somebody was cleaning the driveway and ran into my Starlink up there. But anyway, um, with regard to Pastor Art's, um, his condition in jail, for the first two weeks, because he was unvaccinated, they he was completely segregated from everybody. Um, and I... From what I understand, circumstances have changed slightly, but I can't really give too many details because those came out in court yesterday and uh, there's a publication ban in place. Um, I think that answers the last question, but not this one. And I just want to say something, Sheila. We, I was speaking about this uh, in the morning meeting the other day. You know, when I got into this journalism game in the uh, mid 80s, publication bans were very rare. Judges were yeah. very cautious to issue publication bans. Now, I'm telling you, folks, judges are now like, you know, people at Halloween handing out candy the way they hand out publication bans. This, and the reasons are bizarre. I, it seems that um, uh, the Crown or the defense, whoever requests it, is going to have their request fulfilled. And it's outrageous. It is a shutdown, I think, uh, Sheila, of democracy and the justice system. You have to be transparent when it comes yeah. to the justice system. You can't have these bans, publication bans. Give me a break. So uh, that's a story for another day. But uh, unfortunately, for some reason, they have deemed this worthy of a publication ban. I have no idea why. So Adam... 
Sos went out last night to talk to Pastor Art's lawyer, Sarah Miller, and she'll explain exactly why the publication ban is in place. Um, and it's kind of complicated and it makes sense when Sarah explains it, which is why she's one of the best in the biz. But um, yeah, there. Uh, generally speaking, there's a reason why uh, trials are held in big, beautiful courthouses with lots of seating. And it, that's because the public, to have confidence in the justice system, should be able to see how justice unfolds. Indeed. And I would like to see us move to the American model, Sheila, and have oh, put it on broadcast. put it on TV. Absolutely. I mean, yep. what what's the problem? All yep. right. Let's uh, move along. Snowy Roof, $5. Thank you, sir. Trudeau was obviously scared by his European trip to come back and form an alliance with Singh. This is a way for him to set himself up as a dictator of Canada by handcuffing, by yes, handcuffing the official opposition. Well, I think, you know, Sheila, if there's anyone to blame here, it is Jugmeet Singh. Jugmeet yeah. Singh is now, I think, one of the biggest losers in Canadian political history. By doing that deal with a devil, what he said is the NDP is not interested in forming the government. The NDP is not even interested informing the opposition as it once did under Thomas Mulcair. We're just along for the ride and I want to get in my six years for my pension. And I want to ask everybody out there, if you are watching, if you are a federal NDP supporter, why? Yeah. How does it feel? How does it feel to be completely disenfranchised by your own leader? <laughs> by ma He made your vote irrelevant. Right now, if you're an NDP voter... Whether you wanted to or not, you just voted for the Liberals. Yeah. How do you feel about your leader doing that to you? Disgraceful. And, and also, why aren't they critical of him? As conservatives, we're critical of conservative politicians all the time. It's really interesting to see how quiet the left is when they get completely screwed over by their own leaders. You know, remember that like coalition over there. Remember that coalition, uh, uh, Sheila, that was attempted oh, yeah. during the Stephen Harper days? And uh, the, was that the, Ignatia for Dion? It was Dion, because yeah. the way they were slammed was the separatist, the socialist, and the citizen of France. <laughs> that would be Stephen Dion, who had uh, who has dual citizenship. And uh, his that dog was, was named Kyoto, by the way, because he was such a green <laughs> cheerleader that he named his dog Kyoto. I remember that. I was pretty pretty like not new to politics, but kind of young. And I remember his dog being named Kyoto and thinking that is so stupid. And also the um, Michael Ignatieff, he didn't come back for you attack ads. I still remember those. That's how impactful those were. Incredible. Much better than the, the mocking ones. Soldiers on the street. Calling a dog Kyoto is animal abuse. And we'll move on to uh, yes. another one from Georgie Georgie. $1. Thank you, sir. Albertans always complain about how much they're going, they're getting screwed and threaten to leave Canada. Never do similar to Quebec. Sorry, Sheila. Well, you know what? Uh, my personal opinion, I don't think there'd be enough critical mass uh, if there was a referendum. Quebec tried it twice. I don't think because of changing demographics. I think that ship has sailed. I don't think if there's a third Quebec referendum, uh, they would get the 50% plus one. But Sheila, you're in Alberta. What do you say? The problem with Alberta separatism 
is that there is not a charismatic leader um, and they have not done the homework. Um, I think Albertans, it, it really is a sentiment here. Like we are getting screwed over by the feds. It's not like Quebec where uh, they just sort of get whatever they want and they have a distinct language and culture. Now, I would argue that Albertans definitely have a distinct culture. Um, people from Saskatchewan, they have a distinct language. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's they haven't really reached into what Quebec had figured out with regard to the military and what do we do with the soldiers in the barracks and what do we do with the RCMP and what do we do with this pension plan and and this uh, federal program. Quebec figured all of that out so that when people who were on the fence about uh, separatism and leaving, they could say, oh, you want to know what we're going to do with the soldiers in the barracks? Well, we thought about that. This is what we're going to do within the framework that we have. That hasn't been done in Alberta. Hmm. And I think they could move the needle in the right direction if they did a little bit of that work. But there's not a leader and there's not the infrastructure doing that right now. But it is a different reason for wanting to leave the country yeah. than Quebec. And it is a real thing out here when Albertans see what we pay into equalization and what we get back. And right now, after several years, close to a decade of our economy being in the tank, and it's finally picking back up. And you know what that means? We got to give more to the federal government for provinces that won't develop their national or their natural resources. Every time we see our economy pick up, we know what that means. We know that we work hard, we earn the money, and it goes somewhere else. That, my friend, is the definition of a screw job. All right. Do we have any more, folks? I think we do. Boozy, $69, $20. Thank you very much. What are the chances we could see a new interview with Chris Guy? I understand there's some rocky history between him and Rebel. I saw him speak at the Kelowna Worldwide Freedom Rally on Saturday, men faces. Well, Boozy, I can tell you, um, I don't hold grudges. If Chris Guy wants to reach out to me and wants to be interviewed again, I'm not going to run from that. Remember, here's the problem, and I know Chris Guy has many supporters and they, they didn't like how that interview went, but we were getting many people as well sending in what, frankly, folks, very odious tweets Chris Guy had sent out in the past. And basically, we were being uh, put on the spot saying, how are you giving this blank a platform to spew this kind of hatred? So we had him come in, and it was a free-ranging interview to, to touch on so many things. Before he stormed off the set, Chris Guy said, when I said, how far are you willing to go? He said, I'm willing to die for this cause. Well, evidently... Uh, forget about dying for the cause. If you ask some prickly questions, that has them running out of the, the studio in a cowardly fashion. And I'm just calling it like I see it. But if I saw Chris Guy on the street and he wanted to talk to me, I'm I'm fine with that. Sheila, what's your feelings on this? The thing is, we are not Chris Guy's press secretary yes. any more than we are Pierre Polyev's press secretaries exactly. or Aaron O'Toole's. Nobody Nobody gets our loyalty in that way where they are without criticism. And we had some questions for Chris Guy. We put them to him. And instead of him answering them reasonably, which would have put all of the things to, to rest, he stormed off the set. And 
you know, if those things that he had said he changed his mind about, great, here's your opportunity to say you've changed your mind. I believe in redemption yep. completely. We are out there proselytizing the good word of conservatism, personal responsibility, um, national sovereignty. If you've changed your mind about things, great. Then mission accomplished, right? Um, but he didn't say that. He didn't actually say anything. He stormed off, got mad. And furthermore, with regard to uh, where he was at the Worldwide Freedom Rally, I think it was over the weekend, Drea was there. Yep. Drea tried to interview him. She asked him the same question he she asked everybody else. She gave him more than enough time to answer it. And then at the end, she was called fake news. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. She was just asking the same question to everybody else. We don't owe anybody special and you know, treatment. And you know Nobody. what, Sheila? Uh, I'm, I'm telling you this, and you well know it. Going back two years ago to when these freedom rallies first began uh, in Toronto on the lawns of Queen's Park, when uh, Ford infamously called the participants a bunch of yahoos, name me one other media outlet that gave Chris Guy such a platform. Almost on a weekly basis at one yeah. point, we had him being quoted. And I think also when you say, Sheila, <clears throat> we're giving him a chance to set the record straight, I'm sorry, but the worst thing I can say about Chris Guy is I don't think he has apologized for anything in his life. I think Chris Guy is one of these people who believes that if you apologize, that is a sign of weakness. But actually, the contrary is true. If you always think you've got it right when you have it clearly wrong and you don't apologize, that is a character flaw. So it's up to Chris, um, you know, to come to us with a little contrition, I would suggest, if he wants to mend fences. But I'm, I'm free and available. I think we've maybe spent a little bit too much time yes. on this. But um, <laughs> at the same time, I don't want to see an insincere apology. If you're not sorry, you're not sorry. I don't want to wring an apology out of anybody. Um, you know, you don't bend the knee to the mob if you don't believe in the things that you're saying. Um, and I don't want to see someone you know, recount their own history. And if that's not how they generally feel, if you still believe those things, then say you still believe those things. Just be honest, just yeah. be honest. And when we ask you questions, just be honest. And if you it, just answer the questions honestly and let the public make up their mind, that's all we've ever wanted. But I, I don't need to mend fences with anybody. I don't think we need to, um, that's not our role here. We're journalists. That's we hold everybody to account, politicians and activists to account on behalf of the people. It's not our job to be friends with everybody. That that's not it at all. I don't care uh, all that much what politicians have to say unless they're saying things about the people. And that's when I start getting my uh, hackles up. I care about the normal people who are under attack all the time. And, and Sheila, one of the problems, too, is that there are some ringleaders in the freedom movement that I think are slightly unhinged. This was not that we were going after Chris Guy specifically. I remember 
Lamont Daigle, the leader of the line, and he made he's a Fed outrageous. Yeah, that's Ezra's, um, uh, you know, uh, theory. But he made absolutely outrageous comments in uh, the media about how he had this fantasy of driving his car into CBC headquarters. And this is like, I'm no fan of the CBC, but the last thing I'm going to do is commit an act of terrorist and try to maim or kill yeah. CBC employees. We put him on the spot. We had a 20-minute-plus virtually unedited interview with Lamont Daigle. It was a disaster for Lamont Daigle because he doubled down. He was blaming the messengers uh, that originally reported that instead of saying something. Here's what I would have said. I would have made a sincere apology, Sheila, and said, "I, I you know, let me correct the record. I don't believe in uh, conveying violence to anyone, even our worst enemies. But he didn't. That's a self-inflicted gun wound, if you ask me, Sheila. Yeah, it's same thing with me and Pat King. Yeah, another um, one, yep. You know, leader of some <laughs> faction of the, the freedom movement here in Alberta. Um, he claimed in a video that went viral on the Stu Peters show, Stu Peters, shame on you for not correcting the record, by the way. I did reach out to him and he never responded um, after I said, look, here are the facts. Will you please correct the record instead of playing a role in spreading misinformation? He never bothered to do anything because some people care about clicks. They don't care about accuracy in journalism or their own integrity for that matter. Terrible. But Pat King went on the Stu Peters show and basically said that he was ending the pandemic here in Alberta because he was able to prove yeah. that the Alberta government didn't have evidence of the isolation of the coronavirus. But that's not what was said. Exactly. And we got our hands on the transcripts of that exchange. And I read them. And it stemmed from a misunderstanding of someone who is representing himself in court. He didn't understand what material evidence meant. It doesn't mean materials and or evidence. It means evidence relevant to the proceedings at hand. And there is no reason why Alberta Health Services would have to produce evidence of the isolation of the coronavirus for your illegal public gathering ticket. It just, it just the two were not, one was not relevant to the other. Um, and so the judge said, you don't, there's no, like the, the Alberta Health Services came back, Regina Hinshaw came back and said, we don't have evidence material to this case. Um, as in, we don't have anything to say about this. It has nothing to do with us. And uh, he went on the Stu Peters show and said, look, we've 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 figured it out. We've cracked the code and there's no evidence of the coronavirus in Alberta and Alberta Health Services doesn't have it. It came from a gross misunderstanding of legal jargon. Yeah. I read it aloud. I went through what the judge said. I went through what the responding lawyer said. I went through what Pat King said. And um, they're really mad at me for that. Pat was going to sue me for, I guess, reading transcripts. Bring um, it on. But yeah, bring it. I'm still waiting. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the important thing is, for me, thousands of people were being misled and yep. sold false hope. Yep. And so I don't care who's the snake oil salesman. I want to make sure that the general public are not being lied to. And if that means debunking or defrocking one of their heroes, that's okay too. And Sheila, that's the reason why our boss, Ezra Levant, justifiably hates that which is called homemade lawyering. Oh, it's, it's a disaster. Worst. Do we have any more chats, folks? Yes, yeah, we, we do. Yeah, we a couple. Annalisa, 1964, $5. Thank you, Annalisa. 
Loving them shorts, LOL. You want to buy them? I'm not wearing them anymore. <laughs> Gross, David. Gross. Okay. I'll wash them first. Uh, Becca Henderson, $1. <laughs> With all the videos of David cross-dressing, I'm beginning to think he is trans. Davina Menzies, hey, I like it. Davina, oh, one day maybe we'll air trans cat, and that will really solidify your theory. I'm responsible <laughs> for almost all of those views. That's and a I very inside go, baseball reference. <laughs> I go watch trans cat. <laughs> Okay. Onikio, is that how we pronounce it? $2. Enoch. Enoch, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the government in Israel just used the emergency laws today in Israel to extend the COVID restrictions for another month. Same law Hitler made in 1933, even by the same name. Well, you know, I, I'm always reluctant to play the Hitler card, my friend, yeah. uh, unless you're talking about a world leader um, who is going on the march for a world war and committing genocide. Then it's appropriate to play the Hitler card. But I'm sorry you're going into lockdown again. That's outrageous. How many jabs do the poor Israelis need before they are left alone? They're like human pincushions over there. Yeah, they're going to look like uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser soon. Uh, Paul Otto Newman, <laughs> he gives $5. Peter Guthrie and Jason Steffen, both sitting UCP MLAs, are calling for Kenny to resign and immediately kick off a leadership campaign. We talked about this earlier, uh, and Sheila, you're saying it's too close to call, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, there are a lot of MLAs, I think, who are going to come out and say, look, at least let's put this to the people no. um, and put it to rest. If Jason Kenney can survive a leadership challenge by Brian Jean, then that's it. Heal the party and move forward. Yeah. Um, but this ha I think that's the only way forward is to just put it to the membership. Obviously, with the sudden influx of people joining the party, these are UCP voters who want to have their say in what happens going forward. So let's just put it to them and then move forward. Because as I always say, they are really running out of runway. We're heading into election season right away. Um, and Rachel Notley is there and she wants to be premier again. And I worry. I worry about how the cities will vote. Yeah, it's turning into a real-life Game of Thrones without the dragons. But once upon a time, Alberta had dinosaurs. That's almost the same thing. Anyways, what else do we have there? <laughs> Boozy69, another $5. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your concise and honest reply. I don't stand for or against Chris Guy. However, I appreciate your ability to hold open dialogue. Thank you, and noted. Yeah, I don't hold any grudges. I don't know him from a hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. um, I just know that... Uh, Somebody called one of our journalists a name, and I know that he disrespected you, David, um, by storming out of your interview. And so uh, that flavors um, how I look at him. Um, but you know what? If uh, if there's ever reason to interview him journalistically, of course, we're going to try. 100 percent.
That is it. Wow. And a half hour over. How do you like that? Well, thank you to uh, Miss Producer Olivia and Efren behind the boards there. Thank you to my lovely co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Thank you so much for all of you generous um, viewers who gave us uh, a few bucks to keep the lights on. Sheila and I will be back on Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow, there'll be another rebel. We don't know who or rebels, plural. And in the meantime, as always... Stay sane. Uh, Finland has uh, uh, a deep uh, proximity and, and reflections on, on Russia that I look forward to, uh, to hearing from on you, but also opportunities for us to talk about how uh, we can continue to stand up strongly for democracies uh, around the world and the kinds of things that matter to, uh, to both of us and to our citizens, whether it's uh, you know, inclusive growth, whether it's uh, gender equality, LGBT rights, and many of, the, many of the things that we need to continue fighting for, even as we uh, make sure that we're uh, reassuring citizens about their present and their future. Uh, Finland has uh, uh, a deep...